Somebody's going to have to tell me what the Met Gala is. I just watched a bunch of clowns dressed like clowns walk into a very fancy thing, and I also saw a cockroach go across. But I digress. I don't want to get into that. Welcome. James Harden goes absolutely bat-blank crazy. The New Jersey Devils go absolutely bat-blank crazy on the Rangers. And Jokic played and Embiid sat. MVP, my backside. Now, I know, I know, I know that the MVP, man, it's established by regular season. Doesn't matter the playoffs, man. Shut up. Embiid always sits. I'll get into that. But first, when did it become okay for the press secretary of the United States, Karine Jean-Pierre, to just look at us and blatantly lie? Will somebody, somehow, somewhere, tell me when it became okay? Well, you know, uh, Trump, Trump did it, and you should have been here when Trump was doing it. Really? Okay, well, I wasn't. I'm here now. Let's listen to the woman who gets a pass because she apparently has sex with everything. Let's hear Uh, When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of the actions that this president has. It has come down. Illegal immigration has come down 90% because of the actions of the president. Right underneath on Twitter, there are fact checkers now. And this clown can sit there and look at us. And lie, the number of migrants crossing the southern border has hit a 20-year record high. U.S. border officials recorded recorded a 25% jump in migrant crossing just in March. Highest number of illegal border crossings ever. Are we a banana republic? Like, drive down the street, and all you're going to do is smell weed. Are we now Panama? Are are we now like, I don't know, what that idiot guy from uh, Senator from Atlanta say? Are we Guam? Are we going to tip into the water? I mean, are we becoming such a banana republic that nobody, and one of the things about banana republic is nobody fact checks or questions the government. Where is Gannett on this? Gannett has all these newspapers. Where are they on this? Where's the New York Times? Where's the Washington Post? Where are these great institutions of fact-checking? And this woman, because and let's be honest, she's a black woman. She's trisexual. Apparently she'll try anything, men, dudes, whatever. And so she can get away with it. Because, and of course she's liberal, so she can get away with it. In what world does our nation just let somebody say blatant lies like this just because they have sex as a female with females, just because they're black? The combination of black woman sex with everything gives this person a pass, and it's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable to me that we can sit here as a nation and tolerate these lies. And right underneath, Right underneath on Twitter, this isn't like some bot in a bedroom that's writing stuff on Twitter. This is the president of the United States press secretary. The person who translates 
on a daily basis the message of the clown in the White House to the American people. This is somebody we're supposed to trust, and all those dolts sit in the White House every day writing this down, and only Peter Ducey stands up to her. She's smug, she's stupid, and she's a liar. But because she has sex and checks literally every box, female, check, African-American, check, lesbian, check, heterosexual, check, farm animals, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, she gets away with this. Where are, Look, the Indianapolis Star, our paper, they love the lies. They're so whacked out liberal that they think it's great. But where is the LA Times? Where is the Washington Post? Where is the New York Times? Where are you? Where are you to say, hey, enough is enough? See, don't blame the American people when we all start saying, all right, hang on here. We got to do something about this. Hold on here. Something has to be done here. I mean, it's one thing to be incompetent, and we know that our president is incompetent, and it's crushing the souls of all of us and blanking a lot of us off. But it's far another thing to sit there, look at us in the face, and just lie. Just lie. Even CBS, in the rebuttal, went and said, okay, this just isn't true. Somehow, 90% reduction came out of this. I mean, if she wants, we'll just call her this lesbian's mouth. Because that's what she wants to promote, the fact that she's queer and proud. Okay, fine. Those are her words. Then fine. So out of this lesbian's mouth comes a, well, a blatant look at the United States and lie. Dan, you named a lot of liberal newspapers. Why should a newspaper be liberal or conservative? Why shouldn't a newspaper just give you the news? Why shouldn't a newspaper, if you want to have op-eds, great. Why shouldn't you have both views? I mean, that would be a novel approach. It would be unbelievable. But we've never been more divided, and now we are divided to the point where the lesbian can get up there Look at us and lie. It's amazing. It's astounding. It's incredible that this is what we tolerate in this country. I'm so mad about it. Look, I just really studied it this morning. So great for Dylan and Ryan. They they got it up. They put it out there because I wanted to talk about James Harden or I want to talk about the New Jersey Devils or I wanted to talk about Draymond Green being a whiner and trying to put attention on himself. But damn, Van Pasterman, I am straight and I am proud. I've got four kids. I am straight and I am proud. I've got two kids, two stepkids. Yeah, it's incredible. It honestly is incredible that we are tolerating this. We should not tolerate this. We should not tolerate it. There should be an uprising that says, look, we understand there are a difference in policies. We understand that the liberal agenda is what it is. So gas prices are going to go up. We're going to be in the war. Borders are going to be. Just, just don't lie to us. Like a parent. Look, I understand you swore at Susie over here. I understand that you punched Billy over here. Just don't lie. Why is that difficult? Just don't lie. You crazy jackass. Because that's all you are. Look, every face she makes is like she's so above this. What's she all above? 
She ain't above nothing. She's entitled. She, how do you live with yourself when your job is to walk out there? Like, I get it. You got to defend. I get it. You got to put yourself out there for the president. Take one for the team and all that stuff. But at some point, you got to say, hey, look, this is just a lie. And we're seeing more and more of it. Because what the Democrats have seen is that people aren't really paying attention. So you can tell people what is truthful and what is not truthful. Doesn't matter if it is in fact truthful or if it is in fact not truthful. You can tell people that. You can say a 90% reduction and people like my family member that thinks Pete Buttigieg has done a great job will regurgitate it because they don't pay attention. They're off playing pickleball or whatever it is they're doing. I'm just telling you. This I'm giving you is fact. This is the world that we're living in, and it is incredibly dangerous. And you know what happened, right? You know what happened the first time I put this out. Well, you know, uh, Trump, where were you four years ago? I didn't have a show like this four years ago. Well, Trump, uh, okay, all right. Well, if, okay. Well, Trump, okay, now we're three years into a presidency. I don't care if you're for Trump. I don't care if you're against Trump. I don't care if you were one of the 52 that voted for me. You shouldn't be able to walk up to a podium representing the president of the United States and tell the American people blatant effing lies. That should be in, that should not even be on the table. That should not even be a thought. That should not even be what is even imaginable. Yet here we are. As a banana republic, dude smoking weed driving down the street. Okay. All right. That's what we want. Uh, Lee and I, uh, skunk again, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are so ridiculous giving in to the stupidest among us that I almost want to throw my hands up, put a fence around my house. You have to have a thumbprint to get in, and I ain't messing with none of you. None of you. It is amazing what is going on in our country, and we just tolerate it, and our media is in on it. And it sucks. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kibble, Stephen Colbert, Seth Meyers, late night show, shut down production on Tuesday. Hollywood writers are on strike. Yeah. Can we play Sanford and Son or MASH reruns? Early MASH, McLean Stevenson. You know, I don't know. Maybe the YouTube chat has thoughts on this, but I don't know. What would you rather see on late night TV than Fallon and Kimmel and Colbert and the rest of the clowns? I think it'd be more fun. Let's show KJP's greatest hits. Let's show sex scenes with KJP because that's what she wants to talk about all the time. She wants to talk about who or what she's having sex with, so film it let's play it. Honest to God, just do that. But anyway, the Hollywood Writers Guild is on strike, and is anybody going to notice? If a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it? Nobody's watching this crap anymore. No one's watching this nonsense. No one's watching this garbage, because that's all it is. So there you go. Uh, Last night, the Celtics got beat at home by James Harden, at all, except at all did not include Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid did Joel Embiid things. Joel Embiid decided, eh, I'm hurt. Damn eh, hurt. 
how do you know how hurt he is, man? Yeah, well, whatever. He's always hurt. There's always something with Joel Embiid. You know what? There's not always something with Nikolai Jokic. 39-16-5 last night. Nuggets beat the Suns. There's never stuff with Nikolai Jokic. There's always stuff with Joel Embiid. Is he hurt? Is he this? Is he that? Is he whining? Is he crying? Is he there? Blah, 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 blah. And the big racist, that guy Kendrick Perkins, telling us one guy's the MVP for sure. Hey, I don't buy it. If you ain't ready to play in the playoffs, screw you. Playoffs are where the money is made. I don't want to hear it. 39-16, five assists. His team's up two zip against what you guys tell me. He's a great player, Kevin Durant. My ass. He's a great jump shooter. Don't get me started on it. But anyway, James Harden got her done last night. As Harden walks in, look to Harden's right. There's a lady and a dude that have to kneel down and take pictures. I would argue the person who has to wait for these idiots to come into the game, get on their hands and knees, you'll see there's one guy, two guys, three guys, four, five. That's the worst job in America. No, seriously, I would argue that's the worst job in America. Hey, what do you got to do today? Uh, I got to wait for some clown to walk into the game in a clown suit. Uh, I got to get on my knees so I can get a better shot while the clown walks in like he's uh, God's gift to whatever. My head's, uh, you know, like I'm something. And all I'm going to do is put a ball in a basket tonight. But everybody must acquiesce to the clown-suited fool. Who did play well, though? 45 last night. Fantastic. No, absolutely. Fantastic. Tremendous. Yeah, it was fun. The step-back three that he hit was awesome. I have no idea what the Celtics are doing going to Marcus Smart late in the game on the block. It seemed ridiculous ridiculous to me. But now, ladies and gentlemen, is the time to put your money on the Celtics winning the series. Everybody's losing their mind today. There's some tall guy named Alan Hahn. I never heard of Alan Hahn, so I looked him up. He and Bart Scott have, like, the worst-rated show in New York radio. So Hahn was on Get Up today. And he's sitting there, well, they got to prove to me the Celtics. They don't have to prove to Alan Hahn nothing. That's the dumbest thing a broadcaster can say. They got to prove to me. You're in a little suit trying to act like you're somebody. They don't have to prove nothing. It's one game. Michael Jordan back in the day lost a first-round game at home against the Atlanta Hawks. That's it. So stop with the stupid. We don't do stupid here. We don't. We do smart. We do intelligent. We do brilliant here. That's what we do. We do brilliant here. So if you're going to be an idiot, don't get on my TV. Speaking of idiots, can anybody explain to me why this big swagoo guy got $2 million? I mean, I'm watching again this morning. I'm going a little off script here. And this big swagoo, all he does is yell, scream, talk like an idiot, and the co-workers make fun of him. There's laughing at him. He thinks they're laughing with him. I notice, I go, wait a second. They don't hear a word he says, the big swag goo. They gave this dude $2 million to do what? I think his name is Spears or something like that. All he's doing is yelling and screaming and speaking. I don't know. Maybe, I, hey, look, I'm not the demographic, but I do have a show and a platform, so I'm going to speak my mind. Two million? Hey, look, I understand why he's on there. I'm sure to a lot of people he's entertaining. But while you're making all these cuts, you give this clown two million? Wonder why. We know why. We all know why. Uh, Back to the Nuggets and the Suns. Chris Paul hurt again. Chris Paul is trying to make himself likable as an older guy, but he's totally unlikable. 
I first met Chris Paul. He was that tall. I was at Bloomington. I don't even know how or why. An AAU coach had him and another kid, and they were playing. They were probably 12, 14. I don't even know. He was a really nice kid. I met him in the hallway of Assembly Hall. He, AAU coach, and another kid. It was my first stint at Indiana, so it was probably 97. I don't even know how old Chris Paul would have been in 97. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but uh, the AAU coach has always told me since that that was Chris Paul. Always liked Chris Paul until he started hitting people in the package, until he started dribbling too much, and until people started comparing him to Isaiah Thomas. There's no comparison Chris Paul to Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas beat Bird, he beat Magic, he beat Jordan. Chris Paul hasn't beaten off. So there you go. That's it. So don't give me Chris Paul. So his crotch hurts, so he'll be out for a month. Nikolai Jokic decided, well, I'm going to drop 39, 16, five assists, and next thing you know, they're up two zip. Look, Jokic is one of my people. We all defend our people. I saw it yesterday. I saw it yesterday with the host of SportsCenter saying, a black host of SportsCenter saying Brittany Griner was illegally detained in Russia. No, she's very legally detained in Russia, but the African-American host was defending his people. I'm defending my people. Nikolai Jokic, my people. You know what I'm saying? He is the MVP. I don't want to hear anything about Joel Embiid. Where was Joel Embiid yesterday? Let me look. Uh, No points, no rebounds, nothing. Nothing. Where was Embiid? MVP my ass. Where? Oh, he's hurt. Um, I'm hurt too. I, I'm hurt. I'm going to put this out right now. Where was Embiid? How do you even spell Embiid? E-M-B-I-I-D? Nowhere. Where was Jokic last night? Yeah, don't give me that racist crap. Hey, look, one guy played, one guy didn't. Don't at me about it. Don't at me even a little bit about it. I'm on one today. Where was Jokic, you ask? 20 or 36 and 16. That's where Jokic was. That's right. That's it. That's it. May say it again. Some people, 36 and 16. Yeah, it's racist to say because some big fat five point a game, ridiculous racist ESPN analyst or whatever. Kendrick Perkins or Kendall Perkins or Ken Perkins or Kyle Perkins says it's racist to vote for him. All I know is I saw one guy get 36 and 16 and one guy not play. That's what I saw. You can tell me I'm right. You can tell me I'm wrong. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I saw. We're getting ready to have Chad Withrow. I want to know something. I want to know when is, when is, ladies and gentlemen, when are we going to see the greatness that is Will Levis. I think in Indy we're going to see the greatness, the greatness that is Anthony Richardson fairly soon in Indy. Like, we're going to see so many highlights. We're going to see so much stuff going on. We're going to see so many things happening that it's going to be crazy with Anthony Richardson. Every time Anthony Richardson runs the ball, the little scared white guys of the Colts media are going to talk about his greatness. Every time he throws a pass that gets caught, they're going to talk about his, oh my God, the potential. Oh my God, he's getting better. Because the little white media at, in Indianapolis does not want to be offensive to Anthony Richardson. They don't want him upset. Is Chad ready to go? I see him there. 
But when are we going to see Will Levis? Uh, Chad Withrow joins us, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. And also with Chad, we got to get into the fact that Dominic Foxworthy, whatever that is, and Bomani Jones, whoever that is, two of the titans of failure, said that now the NFL is going to change the rules because they want more white quarterbacks. The level of stupid that comes out of Ray Spader's mouth is insane. Chad actually spoke on that yesterday. Hey, let me go to that first, Chad, before I get to Withra, or excuse me, before I get to Levis. Uh, Bomani Jones and Foxworthy say the NFL is going to change the rules because we got black quarterbacks. What's wrong with these people? What does that even mean, Dan? What, 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 how will the rules change? They cited something about when Mike Vick and Dante Culpepper came in the league, they harshened the roughing the passer penalties if you hit someone in the head. And I'm thinking, well, how does that negatively impact any quarterback if you're trying to protect quarterbacks of all you know race, right? I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Um, and we just get the news this morning that the Fox Super Bowl this past year is the most watched of all time. And guess what? That was a multiracial quarterback versus a black quarterback in that game. And guess how much America cared this much? They wanted to see the Super Bowl, and those are two great quarterbacks, and those are two guys that America can get behind. And that's what they did. They watched two good players play in a big-time football game in the Super Bowl, and that's what most American sports fans want to do. And I, I'm tired of, of Bamani Jones and Dominique Foxworth and all of this because – they just throw things out there, and there's no basis in logic. Explain to me what a rule change would look like to get more tall white guys playing quarterback in the NFL. It makes absolutely no sense. When three black quarterbacks went in the top five of this last year's draft, Dan, I, I didn't even think about it until ESPN posted that and told us there were three black. I didn't think what th- – this is what I thought about those quarterbacks. It's the guys we've been talking about. For months leading up to the NFL draft, that was it. Not their race, nothing else. And that's the way it should be. That is the definition of progress in America. The fact that we did not even see race with it or care one bit about it. Here we are, you and I, two white guys talking about it. Didn't even think twice about it until ESPN wanted to perpetuate this whole race thing with it. It just makes no sense. Let's just watch sports. Let's enjoy the the talent. Let's enjoy the hard work. Let's enjoy the competition. And we can respect and watch any race of our choosing while doing that and not care about it one way or the other and just get back to it being about the competition, the entertainment, the sport of it. Yeah, if you're still talking about it, then you really haven't paid attention to what is really going on because I got to tell you, um, not one reference in Indianapolis. Well, they drafted a black quarterback. Uh, okay, so what? Nobody, I, honest to God. But I get it. Certain people have to keep it alive because that's on, that's their only, what's the right word? Uh, uh, that's their only relevance is when they can say something like that to get guys like you and me and others talking about them because nobody knows who they are when they stand on their own. Let's get to a white, tall quarterback, Will Levis. Do you think, let me back up a second. By year two, is Levis projected to be the starting quarterback, you know, when we include salary caps and contracts and everything else? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that would have to be the plan. You know, trade up to get him early second round. The plan would be that by year two, Ryan Tannehill will be out and, and Will Levis will be in. And, oh, by the way, what do you think would have happened if the reverse happened and Anthony Richardson fell to the second round 
and Will Levis went to the Colts oh. at four. I bet Bamani Jones and Dominic Foxworth's show would have been a little bit different in their opinion of, of what happened with the tall white quarterback uh, versus Anthony Richardson. But either way, I didn't think twice about it. What I see with Will Levis is simply a guy who is uh, a terrible decision maker on, on the field. He's got physical talent. He can throw the heck out of the ball. There is potential there. But I hate the pick because, Dan, and you know this, of all the positions in the NFL, I don't care what the personality is of an edge rusher. I don't care if a safety uh, puts mayo in their coffee or is a little bit different if they can ball out. The quarterback position is the one where we examine and we scrutinize everything, every personality trait, every leadership trait, how they get along with people, how they speak in front of cameras, all of those things are fair game with a quarterback. And I just don't think Will Levis checks many of those boxes coming to the Titans. So I, I, I hate the pick, but there is some debate now in Nashville about whether or not you should just go ahead and roll the dice and start Will Levis because you won't have a fifth-year option with him given that he, uh, you know, he's a second-round draft pick. So why not start the clock on him now? But I don't think that'll be the case. I think it'll be Ryan Tannehill's team. And if the Titans start losing a lot, maybe they go with Levis. Tannehill's got a history of injuries also. If he goes down, we'll see Levis. But I think the plan would be Tannehill this year, be competitive if you can, and then go with Will Levis in year two. Well, let me ask you, how how good do you think the Titans are with Tannehill? Because, you know, if Levis shows anything and people get excited at all in the preseason or, you know, we watch camp and everybody kind of takes stats on camp, you know, is this going to be a situation where every incompletion, you're going to be hearing people calling for Will Levis? Can he get to that level? I think that's the situation with any rookie quarterback, especially one that's drafted, you know, as high as, as – I mean, we heard this from Malik Willis a year ago, yeah. you know, with some some people. And, and people can be idiots about it too. Ryan Tannehill's a better option than Will Levis right now. Uh, even with Ryan Tannehill's faults, there's no doubt in my mind he's the better option for the Titans to possibly win. And here's where I see the Titans with, with Tannehill this year. They're a team that's looking up at the Jacksonville Jaguars again. But they're also ahead of Indianapolis and ahead of the Texans going into this season. So they will have a puncher's chance with Derrick Henry to compete for that division. It's a team that's going to run the football a ton, just like they have the last few years. They're going to have the same offense. They have no receivers. They didn't address that at all in this year's draft. They have not addressed that in free agency. So they are devoid of pass catchers. So it's a team that's going to try to run the ball with Derrick Henry, play good defense, and hope to eke out nine wins, maybe ten, and try to get in the back end of the playoffs. That's who they are with Ryan Tannehill at, at their best this season. And that's what they're going to try to go with and not just completely tank it and have a developmental year for Will Levis as the starter at quarterback. They're going to try to bring Will Levis in and let him develop behind Ryan Tannehill, learn the offense, in hopes they show they show the team that he shows the team enough this season where they can trust him with the starting role next year. Do you think, you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but all of a sudden in the AFC South, it's either much improved or maybe not. You got Stroud instead of Davis Mills. You got Richardson potentially in there. You know, over a year ago, Matt Ryan coming off his worst season. We've talked about Levis slash uh, Tannehill, and Lawrence seems to be the guy. Are, are, you have these teams, do you think, Let's go a year, two years from now. Is the AFC South lifted, or are we going to see some disappointments in this crew out of quarterbacks? 
Dan, I think it all has to do with how good is C.J. Stroud, how good is Will Levis, how good is Anthony Richardson. Odds are that at least one of those guys are going to be really good, maybe two. Odds are also in favor of one of those guys being an absolute bust. So let's say it's Will Levis. Well, the Titans are the cellar dwellers of the AFC South, if that's the case. Let's say it's Anthony Richardson. Well, then the Colts fall behind. I really like just staying in the division. I love what the Texans did from this standpoint. I don't know if all that smoke around them falling out of love with C.J. Stroud is legit or just a smoke screen and just lies like we see during draft season. But regardless, they ended up landing on the right decision with C.J. Stroud. They clearly loved Will Anderson, and maybe that was part of the contention between Casario, D'Amico Ryans versus ownership with the Texans. Ownership wanted a quarterback. They really wanted Will Anderson. Well, they got both. They worked out a way where they could trade back to number three, trade up to number three, and then draft Will Anderson. So they got their franchise quarterback, what they hope at least, in C.J. Stroud at number two, and they got their franchise defensive star in Will Anderson Jr. at number three. No one did as much as the Houston Texans to possibly improve their fate in the in the AFC South in, in this draft cycle. I, I love what they did. Now, granted, it is the draft. It's all an educated guess. If those guys don't work out, then they're right where they are right now, which is terrible. But I, I really like what they did, Dan. So I, I, I give the Texans high marks in this draft. The Richardson thing with the Colts, I mean, we all see it. Enormous potential, huge ceiling, could be a gigantic bust also based on his lack of production in college. So that's a big wait and see. But what's crazy about this is now after the end of last season, we know that Jacksonville has their quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and I think it's flipped to where everyone in the AFC South right now is looking up at Jacksonville, who happens to be south of everyone in the AFC South, and thinking, can we get there? Can we find our quarterback with these three guys we just drafted to try to get to where Jacksonville is right now? That's the state of the division. I'm going to put a caveat on this. Uh, I've known the Skronsky family for 40 years. I I knew uh, Bob Skronsky, the the patriarch of the family. He played football at Indiana, was a great friend of Coach Knight and mine in Indiana basketball. His son, Steve, uh, and his daughter, Patty, went to college with me. Um, I've known them forever, and they are the best people you could possibly find, the toughest people. Bob, unfortunately, passed away from ALS. reason I'm bringing up the Skronskys is um, Bob's son, Bob Jr., uh, his son, Peter, is now going to be with the Titans. And I would argue that if you got a Skronsky, you got a tough-ass dude that you're going to put in at left tackle and not worry about anything, anything, for the next 10 years. What is the thought on Peter Skronsky coming in? Well, it's a Vrabel pick, right? Everything you just described about the Skronsky family and Peter Skronsky is exactly what Mike Vrabel was as a player and exactly what he covets. So it makes a lot of sense. I think the Titans fans like that pick more than any other one because it just completely makes sense. Their offensive line was atrocious a year ago. They spent way too much money on the offensive line. Their resource allocation on offensive line was way out of whack. So they want to get better and cheaper on the offensive line. How do you do that? You get rookies in there. You don't have veterans on huge deals. You go first round to get a guy who is a plug-and-play player. Now, the one thing I do not like about the pick is just fundamentally, Dan, I don't like when you draft a guy in the first round 
and there's any question about where he's going to play, right? He is a mm. tackle slash guard, and the Titans will not say where they want him to play. I, I don't love that with a first-round pick. I think he's going to start at guard, and he's going to kick out to tackle at some point, would be my guess. But I wish they would just say that. I don't like tweeners in the first round. I, I want, you know, the, the Bears drafted Darnell Wright from Tennessee, and they said immediately, he's our right tackle. We don't have a right tackle. He's our starting right tackle. That is what I like to see with a first-round pick. But I love this pick simply because they got to get better on the offensive line. It made a ton of sense. He was the best player available right there. And you know that he's going to start. Regardless of position, he's coming in to start day one on the offensive line. And that's what you do with the 11th overall pick. You bring in a starter. And that's what the Titans did with Skaronsky. Nobody knows the SEC better than my guys at OutKick. We, ladies and gentlemen, here in Indianapolis, I mean, we act like we're football fans, but Indiana stinks, Purdue, eh, um, and we watch it on TV, but we don't really know. We've seen Anthony Richardson enough now, but it's only highlights. You watch, we don't. How good is Richardson? Richardson, (laughs) it's funny because it's all about the game. Go watch Anthony Richardson against Tennessee a year ago this past season. He kept them in the game single-handedly. He was incredible. Uh, Tennessee could do nothing with him. And then go watch him against Utah late in the game. It's a good defense. Looked really good. Now go watch him against Kentucky and Will Levis last year at home. Looks like he didn't know, know where his receivers were running at any point in time. That's what's maddening about the guy is it's difficult to tell, Dan, whether or not it's all on him If it's a problem with shifting offenses, you know, he was playing under a different offense from Dan Mullen to Billy Napier, but it's just the inconsistency. Then you watch the 87-yard touchdown run against LSU, and you think, wow, that's a guy who's going to be a high pick in the NFL draft because he's capable of this, just running over, around, through, and past a legitimate SEC secondary in LSU. So – I'm like everyone else with Anthony Richardson. I can understand the appeal, but I also watch the games where he is bad, and I think, how is this guy going to be an NFL quarterback? How is he going to understand an NFL offense, the level that he needs to, to play consistently within that offense? But then you watch him other times and think, no, he's a no-doubt number one overall pick because of, of the physical freak that he is and what he brings to the table. So... SEC fans will tell you a lot of the same things about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. They see the physical talent. They had flashes at times, but overall it's pretty inconsistent. Levis a little bit different because he was good in 2021 and bad in 2022 or a lot worse. And you know everyone wants to make the excuse of, well, offensive coordinator, offensive line wasn't as good. I think there's more there than that. But with Richardson, he didn't start that much. And when he did get his chances to start, he was just inconsistent. So there are similar knocks on both quarterbacks. The one difference is with Richardson that I like, as opposed to Will Levis, is there's no personality issues. You don't hear a single thing bad about the guy's character or the way he is in the locker room. Go watch that Peyton Manning, Archie Manning, Eli Manning show on the clock and watch his episode. I like to see how guys are listening to people and how they pay attention. And I love watching Anthony Richardson with – Pencil in hand, notepad out, eye contact, listening to Archie, Peyton, and Eli, and taking notes in meetings. Uh, that sticks out to me when I when I watch guys. And again, what are we doing with the quarterbacks? I watch everything. 
I'm watching Will Levis's facial expressions when he's getting passed over in the first round. You watch and dissect everything with that position. And for the most part, I like what I've seen from Anthony Richardson, just observing him uh, with his teammates on the sideline, listening to older guys, listening to coaches. I like what I've seen so far from Richardson. You know, I want to go back to something you said. And I agree with you on Richardson, and I agree with totally with you on watching everything with a quarterback. I want to go back to something on Levis. Levis, <clears throat> he has been criticized. He has been picked apart. Hell, Armando uh, on our show, what did he call him? The weirdo with the hot girlfriend, right? So, but he did, he did do this. He did the year before, not last year, and maybe those excuses are valid. It's all going to come out in the wash. But he did get excitement into Kentucky football. You, at least a year before, you got to give him that because Kentucky football was up here going into the season, and for whatever the reason, but he at least did that. You know, he did. He, he was he was really good at times. They won 10 games, I mean, at Kentucky the year before, so you can't take anything away from him for that. And it was incredible to me that when he got there, there was so much hype around him because my thought was, oh, this was the guy who couldn't beat Sean Clifford out for the starting job at Penn State. You know, how is he going to come in and be some rock star at Kentucky? And at least for that year, he was in large part. Uh, this year, but but there, even that year, though, Dan, there were times where he just threw inexplicable interceptions. And that's always kind of been yeah. the issue with, with, with me is he looks like a guy who just doesn't see things. You know, you either see it or you don't, that quarterback. And when the pocket starts to collapse on him, there are times where he's just not seeing it. And he's throwing, you know, to wide open defensive backs. Uh, that happened far too often at his time in Kentucky. But he was definitely, if you're going to evaluate the 2021 tape as opposed to the 2022 tape, then Will Levis might be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. But when you combine the two, I think that's what led to him falling all the way to the second round. Hey, I, I, I should have researched this. I did not. Somebody just made this comment on our YouTube chat. It, where is his dad? Is his dad just not in the picture? Levis, do you have any idea? That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. I was thinking the same. I should have looked that up, but I was thinking the same thing on draft yeah. night. And then, of course, there's the videos I was watching right before he came on. The Titans posted the video. You know, he got the call. He left Kansas City after the first round. He got the call in his doorway walking into his mom's house in Connecticut, and you could see all their luggage, him and his sisters, in the doorway, in the foyer, and he's on the phone with the Titans. And then it cuts to he just walks in the living room and turns on the TV to watch it live as they announce his name being selected by the Tennessee Titans. Which I thought was pretty interesting that he legitimately just walked in from the airport to his house in Connecticut uh, when that pick was made. But that's a good question. I, I'm going to need to look that up. I, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on uh, with the dad or what the situation there is. I don't know about you, but if I don't look it up when I'm thinking about it, my brain is on to other things, and I forget. Like, I was watching the draft going, i got to find out where his dad is, and then by the time I'm talking to you, and I remembered it again, and I'm like, oh, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I'm looking it up right now for that reason. Hopefully, by the time we wrap up here, I'll be able to tell you exactly what happened, what, what's going on. All right, last thing. Are you a believer in Bryce Young as a guy in a quarterback week NFC that can elevate the Carolina Panthers Quick, quickly, quickly? Yes, he is the best quarterback in this draft, and I think the Panthers got it right by drafting Bryce Young. I'm a full believer in Bryce Young. And uh, Will Levis' father's name is Mike. 
I just found that. This was a story on April 28, 2023, with a picture with Will Levis All in right. high school with mom and dad. So there you go. All right. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Now, all right. All right, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, have a great show. You're the man, Dan. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on with us yesterday. Yeah, we had fun. That's the great Chad Withrow. You can watch Hot Mike right here on the Outkick Network as we continue, ladies and gentlemen, to take over the world of sports media here on Outkick. I got some headlines to get to you, including the Rangers go down. Levis played a round of golf with the Colts coach. How'd it go? Not great, apparently. And we'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Man, I'm on the OutKick uh, YouTube chat, and I got to tell you, this is the biggest concern. This is the biggest concern of Bryce Young, and it's said right here, Bryce Young will be fine until he gets hit by one of those trucks in the NFL. Bryce Young is little. Anthony Richardson, not so little. Anthony Richardson is a big dude. Uh, and I think he can handle it. But so, ladies and gentlemen, was Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck was never smart enough to learn how to slide. And if you don't learn how to slide, I got to tell you, I don't want to hear it. That's on you. Like the first thing you got to do as a professional football quarterback is you got to learn how to slide. And if you don't know how to slide, I don't want to hear it. I seriously, I don't want to hear it. And the Colts under Grigson brought in person after person to try to teach him how to slide, but he was smarter than everybody. And guess what? When you're smarter than everybody, a lot of times, guess what? You ain't smarter than everybody. Did that make sense there? Uh, Devils beat the Rangers for zip, and, you know, they got up 2 to nothing in the second period. And I thought, oh, man, 2 nothing lead in the third period, and they say is the worst lead in hockey. I'll take it every time. The Rangers go home. The Devils get the win. I have a story. The Devils, when they won the Stanley Cup, this is going way back. I was at Bowling Green. Walking across Rush Street late night one night in Chicago with my boy Gary Winger. We were on a little golf trip. Next thing you know, here comes the Stanley Cup. Walked it into Carmine's right there on the Viagra Triangle. We went right into the private party and hung out with the Cup. So I've always been a closet Devils fan. I don't know anything about the Devils other than Putty in Seinfeld. Putty had it, man. He was the devil. He scared the priest. He scared Elaine. He was all about the body painting. Who could blame him? So the Devils, me, Putty, we're all in the same boat. We like us some Devils. We're going to follow it, and we are good with it. All right. I can see this happening. I honestly can see this happening. Will Levis and coach Shane Strachan played golf before the NFL draft. They went on, on the golf course for nine holes, all right? And next thing you know, the Colts decided not to draft Will Levis. As you get older, golf becomes a very particular thing. You're like, all right, uh, I want to know what this guy is about. 
And maybe it didn't play at all into the decision. Maybe it actually helped. Maybe they were not even thinking about Levis. And then uh, the coach played golf with Levis. And then, you know what? Maybe they liked him. But that's not normally what happens here. If you'd have liked him more, I think you would have taken him. So Will Levis and the coach of the Colts go play golf. And next thing you know, I'm going to make a pun here because it's what OutKick did. Four went to four. See what I did there? Yeah, pretty good. Well, I got it. I did. I, I, I got a footnote, Danny Z, on OutKick for the article. Um, yeah. But anyway, that is apparently, according to Daniel Jeremiah on Pat Max show, that's apparently what happened. And ladies and gentlemen, bottom line, Colts didn't draft him. Don't know whether or not that factored in, but hey, stranger things have happened. I go to this kid named Williams. There's a kid named Williams, LaRon Williams, I think. He was deciding between Purdue and Florida. He said he's driving to his press conference, had no idea what he was going to do. He lived in Florida, saw a gator on the side of the road, decided that's a sign I'm going to Florida. Be that as it may. That's the world we live in. Draymond Green, ladies and gentlemen. So Draymond Green, I has to make it about Draymond Green, of course. Draymond Green is whining again. This time he was mad or whining about DeMonte Sabonis not shaking his hand after the Warriors closed out <laughs> DeMonte Sabonis' Sacramento Kings. Mad about it. Well, DeMonte Sabonis got stomped on by Draymond Green. Not shaking hands with some clown that stomped on me. I'm not shaking hands with some clown that cheap shotted me. And that's all that stomp was. I think we'd all agree with that. I don't think, I don't think that's that big a stretch to say, hey, look, hold the phone. I am not shaking hands with you after you stomped on me. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. I won't do it. I ain't doing it. Look, that to me just makes sense. It just does. Now, Green has to whine about something, and Green is just like most. He's got to be a victim here. You stomp on someone, I don't think you should expect a handshake. I think you could probably expect maybe a throwdown by the locker room or by the truck or by, you can go Morant and buy the team bus. You can do that. But Draymond is whining again. You could also remove the H and put another A in there and say Draymond is winning again. You could do that too. You could do that too. Bamani Jones, Dominic Foxworthy, uh, don't think that uh, the NFL is racist anymore. Now it's NFL fans that's racist. Let's listen. Oh, it's downloading a little slow. Basically, they don't have an argument anymore that the NFL is racist. I want to give this to you. If the NFL is racist, if white people are mad at the NFL, then they're doing it wrong. Uh, You're doing it. 115 million people. It was just announced. 115 million people watched the Super Bowl that had two minority quarterbacks. I'm going to give Mahomes' mom a little credit here 
and say that Mahomes is biracial. Mahomes is biracial, hurts African-American, and America watched and loved it. America could care less whether the host of SportsCenter is black. America could care less whether the quarterbacks of the Super Bowl are black. America could care less because I guarantee you tonight, America watches LeBron James against Steph Curry, uh, 10 o'clock, game one. And by the way, the stars are black. America don't care when it comes to sports. I'm not saying America doesn't have racial issues. Certainly uh, black against white, a lot of racial tension there. White against black, a lot of racial tension there. But don't tell me about it in sports, you two idiots. Let me know when the audio is ready. Don't tell me about it in sports. We glorify a woman, Karine Jean-Pierre, for having sex with all kind of different things, people. We think that's great. She's an African-American woman that's a lesbian and can't wait to be a lesbian, and she might be the most popular ever. So don't give me this crap about America hating, hating football or white America wanting to change the rules of football. Just stop it, stupid. When the audio's ready, I'll bring it to you. It's unbelievable. Bronny Jones is a really smart guy, actually. Dominic Foxworthy, by all accounts, is a really smart guy. But they can't say smart stuff about sports because they don't know. And I don't know why they don't know. They just apparently don't. So everything has to be race-based. And they look like idiots doing it, and no one pays attention, certainly to Bamani Jones' show. And Foxworthy has to be on with Greeny, a white guy, to be relevant. It's weird. Uh, The Big Ten is reportedly waiting for the Pac-12 to collapse and then add Oregon and Washington. Invites might depend on Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State leaving for the Big 12. Let's make no mistake where there's smoke There is fire here. USC and UCLA have already come to the Big Ten. All right? They already, ready are coming to the Big Ten. And make no mistake, Utah, excuse me, Oregon and Washington are coming as well. The Big Ten sees the last quadrant, the northeast of the country, as unexplored territory. Think Lewis and Clark. They also see this, the money-grubbing, ridiculously racist Nike and the money that pours into Oregon from the cheap labor in China that Nike makes profits on. So they, the Big Ten, want Oregon like it's their job. And they know that they can't get Oregon Only They want Washington with them as kind of a travel partner deal to make it such that teams don't have to go out to Oregon to play one freaking game. Don't at me about it either. That's the way this is playing out. And the reason the Pac-12 may fold is simple. The reason is simply this. Who is paying the big TV dollars? Who? Doesn't look like anybody. Looked like maybe the CW, home of the live tour. Look, I get it. Streaming is the next thing. And streaming is a part of the Big Ten deal, 
with NBC. Peacock is going to become much more popular because NBC owns Peacock. NBC now has the rights to the Big Ten. Peacock became much more popular when Notre Dame, a couple or a game a year or so, went from NBC to Peacock, the streaming service. Streaming has blown up since Outkick has taken over streaming with my show, Clay's show, and the Hot Mike and coming Charlie's show. Michelle Tafoya joins us next. Stay right here and tell your friends. Go right now. Go tell your friends and like us on YouTube. Be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Hey, welcome back. Nobody better than Michelle Tafoya to ask a lot of things, but reaction to this clip relative to the NFL uh, must, it's a must listen and a must react from the host of Sideline Sanity, the great Michelle Tafoya. Welcome, and here's a clip, and I'd love to hear your reaction to it. All right. There's going to be some rule changes in the NFL. They're going to do something. And you may be looking at me like I'm crazy, but wait till I explain something to you. Then you're going to be like, yep, they about to fix this. Who's the best quarterback in football? Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Who's the two highest paid players in all the league? Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Uh Who are the first three quarterbacks drafted in this draft? Black dudes. Yep, something's going down. We got a rule change coming down the pipe. Hey, guys, as crazy as you think this is, I'll never forget the first time I saw Harry ever speak, and he was talking about the quarterback situation. And when Vic Culpepper, you know, that running dude started coming, what they did was they started making those punitive rough-in-the-passer penalties where if you just touch the guy on the helmet, that you got 15 yards because they had to slow up those defensive backs. Guys, it's turned into a problem when can't nobody even talk themselves into Will Levis, right? Like something has fundamentally changed. And so you might be listening to this and thinking that Dominique is arguing that the NFL is just flat out, I hate black people racist. No, it's a different type of racism. It's because they think that you are I hate black people type of racist. They know that the stars of this entertainment property are the quarterbacks. That is who the people who are three degrees of removed from you, who is a super fan, they don't know nobody but four or five quarterback names. And you know what they believe? The same way the NBA is probably concerned about all these international players, they know that the stars that sell consistently or that they have known to sell consistently are tall white dudes. The secret sauce for viewership is white. That's the unspoken part of the rise of the popularity in women's college basketball. They ain't just still got white girls. They cold. Something you can root for. They need to go down to the lower levels. And I don't know if it's baseball. I don't know if it's soccer. I don't know what these cold white dude athletes are playing, but they need to get them to start playing quarterback so that we can get some more Josh Allens and Joe Herbert. uh, Joe Herbert. I'm combining Joe Burrow Burrow and Justin Herbert. Need to get some more of them in the league because if we get to a situation where it's a bunch of Lamar Jacksons and Jalen Hurts to face the league, the NFL is going to be concerned, not because they care who their labor is, it's because they think that's y'all Yo, who the they labor go, is. They're going to get so desperate, somebody going to try to get Mike Trout to convert. How about that? Oh, so, uh, my That's God. Dominic Foxworthy <laughs> and Bomani Jones. Give me your reaction. 
Not everything is about race. I don't know how much simpler to put it. And they're saying it's not because they think you're racist. It's because they think that, or it's not because the NFL is racist. It's because they think you're racist that you won't want to watch. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted by that clip. I'm exhausted that they think that women's college basketball is gaining in popularity because of tall white girls. If that were the case, then, you know, Rebecca Lobo would have been Sue Bird. And it was popular then, too. But it would have been just these. There's no logic to what they're saying. There's no logic to what they're saying. They're just spewing a belief and playing into this. And I, I'm exhausted by it. I'm so tired of it. Um, I feel as though no one does any looking at history and they think that everything they're experiencing right now in their lifetimes is the first time something has happened. And therefore it's new and it's unusual and it's different and it's fresh and it's angering and it's so myopic and it's so in their little bubble that they can't see anything outside of that. So instead of looking at progress that's been accomplished in this country and around the world, they're going to continue to find ways to you look at all these great black athletes in the NFL. Somehow they're going to make it a race issue instead of I, th I thought I thought we wanted more black quarterbacks because they were capable. I thought that was a goal here. I thought that before this. People were saying there aren't enough black quarterbacks because we're racist. And now there are more black quarterbacks, but we're still racist. And now we don't want black. I, I help me, Dan. I don't know what to say. I got nothing. 115.1 million people watch the Super Bowl started by one black quarterback and one biracial quarterback, all-time record. And these idiots are out here talking about, well, we need more white quarterbacks. Blah. Here's what I say. When, when guys have nothing else, and Dominic Foxworthy has whatever an appearance he has on Mike and Mike or uh, Greenberg's show, and Bomani Jones is the biggest failure by by definition, by fact, when he had an afternoon show, every uh, affiliate walked off. His show on HBO does worse than infomercials on the Cartoon Network. When that's all you got, that's all you got. And nobody, and I mean nobody, can take this possibly serious. It's just two idiots spewing stupid stuff because, frankly, they have nowhere else to go and no relevance and no, and no, and no, no information that they can share about the actual sport. And so they just spew this stupidity. That's how I look at it. Well, that's, uh, that's certainly plausible. And I, 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 you know what? I, I could sit here and get more enraged. I'm not really enraged. I'm just in shock. <laughs> just like really. It's just in yeah. These guys I, it's are shocking. too stupid to be enraged about. Right. That's why I, I, I don't, it's one of those things where I don't even want to give it any more oxygen than it deserves. You know what I mean? It's just, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, go, man. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the other side. Here's you. We got a, we got a clip of you on our, and then I'm going to clip that with Burgess Owens. Now we're going to go from the incredibly stupid to the incredibly smart. Okay. Here's you a couple weeks ago on our show. Oh, I thought we had both clips. Didn't you guys put it in with Aaron? 
Didn't Aaron send it to you guys, both hers and uh, – well, you were basically talking about – you were talking about China. Do we have Burgess's clip? You were talking about China, and yep. your hope was that the NFL doesn't go to China. And Burgess right. said the same thing, Burgess Owens, the, the great senator out of uh, Utah. But he also said, Michelle – and, and this is unbelievable – he said they are going with China because the United States consumer, the NFL, has gotten all the money they can get from them. They're all, they, he used the word tapped out. They're so tapped mm. out. The, it is so big here that now they are looking for other entities, sure, other countries where the market yeah. is so big. So you're a genius. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know that I'm a genius. I, 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 I'm certainly not a genius, but... It's disappointing. This is disappointing. Um, simply because we we just are so willing for money to overlook all the crap that's going on in China, their hostility toward the rest of the world, the the genocide against the Uyghurs over there. We're, that's all okay. That you are forgiving that because you want the eyeballs, you want the consumers, you want more dollars. So you're willing to just give up any sort of values that you might still possess to chase more money, you know, be global. Um, I don't, uh, this is a, I guess it's just a personal thing. I don't think it's worth being global when you're dealing with partners that don't like you, don't care about you, would prefer to dominate you and are treating their own people like trash. So yeah, uh, it's really, it's disappointing when, when Ford announces today that they're going to make some of their cars now over in China, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm not, here's where I'm not naive. I get that it's cheaper to do stuff in China, but again, ask yourself why. I mean, they, they still use slave labor in many countries in this world and China's one of them. And um, yeah, I, I, it, it, it makes me very nervous to get intertwined with that country, with that country. When you look at the NFL um, in, as a whole, and it just announced that, you know, Jordan Love, who hasn't played, is going to get $22 million. Is there any, based on the money and what we just talked about, is there any ceiling at all where this is, where, where does this end? Well, look, if they, if they tap, like you said, they're tapped out here maybe, they tap into other countries, and particularly China because it's so large. <laughs> Uh, and, and make more money there, the salary cap's just going to continue to grow, right? So um, I, I don't know. I mean, the amounts of money these guys are making these days and the conditions uh, that they are being given to play in are, it, it's it's a dream for these guys. It's an absolute dream. But just as I disagree with Phil Mickelson and others going to play for Live Golf, because again, consider the funding, consider where the money's coming from and consider what that money has done and accomplished in the past. Um, it, it's Arab money and uh, blood money. And so if you're willing to sacrifice your values to go do that, that's, and you can sleep at night, I, I guess, go ahead, go, go be, do you do you, as people like to say these days, you do you. That's just not where my values lie. And uh, so I, but look, if, I, I hear about these guys now entering the, the portal, right, in college, and they leave a school 
because they can actually go make a half a million dollars in in NIL money at another school. And I'm thinking to myself, if I were the parent of that kid, I'd have a hard time telling him, don't make that change. Because you got a half million dollars to, to stash away and and grow a nest egg or do whatever it is you want to do with it. So as as a good friend once told me, just follow the money. The money is at the root of, of everything that most people do. And so, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it's a it it it's reality, man. I gotta get your opinion on this. I have said that we are becoming a banana republic in a lot of different ways, and one of the ways is unchecked government. Uh, I went on a rant early in the show about, I don't even know how to say it, Karine Jean-Pierre telling us that because of this president, 90% reduction in illegal immigration, that is categorically oh false. It is, it is even on Twitter, you know, the fact checkers below are like, hold on, 25% increase in March. Give me your thoughts on the ability of somebody representing the government slash president to just get up here and blatantly lie to us with, without the Washington Post, New York Times, Gannett, anything checking on this. That is more terrifying that, that, that the press that we yes. created in this country to keep a check on power doesn't do its job. Carries water for this administration for, for one reason, I think. <laughs> the one reason is Trump. They, they feel like as long as they can counter Trump in any way, uh, and maybe it would be the same if, uh, against any Republican. I, I don't know. But they'll do anything to prevent Trump from getting re getting elected. And in order to do that, they've got to protect Biden, right? So you've got all these other people digging like crazy and saying, Let, hear the truth from us. But unfortunately, we've got this, what people call the mainstream media or the legacy media, the media that's been around for so long that it's really got its its roots deeply dug into the American psyche and into, oh, but I didn't say that in the Washington Post. Yeah, but the New York Times says, oh, but CBS said this and NBC said this. So they're the ones I listen to because they're the truth, because they're the ones my parents listened to and I grew up listening to. And I liked Tom Brokaw and I liked Dan Rather and therefore yada, 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 yada. Completely ignoring that there is there are facts out there to debunk a lot of what these news sources say. There are other things that these news sources don't do. So there's acts of commission and acts of omission. There are a lot of facts they just won't, there's their stories they just won't tell because it doesn't, it, it doesn't do the job that they are wired to do, which is to protect their side, which is Biden's side. Um, and so there you go. Uh, it's, it is, it's amazing to me that someone can stand up at the White House podium, say something false, say it, it they, I think they truly believe if you say it enough, People will buy it. And apparently, I guess some people do. It's not a lie if you believe it, the great George Costanza <clears throat> said. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me go farther with this. Um, how or the part that I, <clears throat> excuse me, the part that I don't like about this is not that I'm so pro-Trump or anti, I, I'm kind of common sense. I try to be, and I know you do as well. Um, but what are the repercussions? What 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 can American people do when somebody 
we get it. There's always a backstory. But when you look at us and you play us for idiots and you blatantly lie to us, like Biden has about the economy, like now we see this, and, and that's just not right. The American people have to have the ability to do something. I just don't know what it is. Well, usually it's voting, right? Um, usually, I mean, it's, that's, yes. Usually it's voting. And I, I think, again, <laughs> you know, I, I think I live in times that are, you'd like to believe there's common sense and sanity. But then, you know, I'm driving around, I see someone with a bumper sticker that says, vote while it's still legal. Trying to scare people into thinking that voting is somehow going to become illegal. Now, maybe it will. I don't know. But um, it's, what can we do, right? You got to hold people accountable. I, I, I swear to you, Dan, I think that's why Trump was elected to begin with, because people were so sick of no one being held accountable and being lied to and having virtue signaling and political correctness shoved down their throats that here came the, came this guy and his, no matter how vulgar he was it was all out there in the open for you to see so you kind of didn't you thought well at least he's open and transparent at least we know stuff and i'm sure there's a lot about trump we don't know i'm sure there's a lot he doesn't want us to see but for the most part uh, his persona was Here's what I do. Here's what I am. Take it or leave it. Uh, but why, you know, what was his thing? What the hell have you got to lose? Take a chance. And people thought maybe there will be some accountability with this dude. Maybe, you know, because right now I think so much, there's just, there isn't accountability for someone like Karine Jean-Pierre. To, she gets up there. She says what she says. She wakes up the next day, still has a job in spite of spewing falsehoods in front of the American people. I mean, I, I just I don't know any other uh, job <laughs> that you could get away with that. I, I don't know. I, I don't either. I, I don't know where and, and you never could like like, you know, it, it used to be a thing. Well, you know, you can't run for office because you got a skeleton in your closet and it's going to come out and blah, 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 blah. Now it's like, all right, well, uh, we're just going to straight lie to you. And I just think we are in a sit. I don't that scare. I was going to talk about James Harden going nuts. I was going to talk about whether or not Green Bay was going to hire or uh, sign Jordan Love, both of which happened. But this thing <laughs> pissed me off, Michelle. It just pissed yeah. me off when you can sit there and lie to somebody right to their face. It's well, crazy. I. I as you're saying this, and as you've been talking about this the whole time, I can't stop thinking about Joe Biden looking people straight in the eye and saying, I've never spoken to my son about his business dealings overseas. I've never spoken to my brother about, I've never, when someone says the word never over and over and over again, and it, you got a question. And so how can you expect a guy who calls his son the smartest person he's ever met who says he loves his son more than he loves life itself, have never spoken to him about his business deals, uh, uh, dealings. Right. Has never, right. didn't know he was on the board of Burisma? Didn't know that? Are you kidding me? I mean, if if that's right. the case, if you really expect us to believe that, then he really has lost all of his, uh, <laughs> he is, he's senile at this point. If he expects us to believe that that is true, there is no way, that that is true. And and so whenever Biden says, looks at someone angrily and says, never, 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 
That's a big tell to me. And, and, you know, but is he held accountable? Is is Hunter going to be held accountable? Has Hillary ever been held accountable? Are people held accountable? No, no. You know, and uh, to your point, um, the other day it infuriated me as well when he started talking about we all raise each other's children. I don't want anybody associated with him. And then he doesn't even claim what is apparently a seventh grandchild that Hunter is in right now fighting to reduce his monthly payments because he's such a dirtbag. I swear to God, Michelle... If you say it, it doesn't matter what you do. It just matters what you say. Doesn't matter what the fact. And that drives me nuts. That is a scary place to be. That is a scary place to be. Uh, let's not forget, by the way, that Mao Zedong, when when in China in the fifties and sixties, was trying to be everybody's parent because they didn't want the family to be tight knit. They didn't want parents to be the biggest influence on the kids. They wanted Mao, dear Chairman Mao to be the biggest influence on the kids. So they're, we're raising each other's children. No, 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 no. And here's why. Randy Weingarten, you're not raising my kids, Randy. Joe Biden, you're not raising my kids. These are my children. Now, if you want to say that you care about children, yeah, then you better show it. You better demonstrate it by claiming a seventh grandchild first. You know, deal with your own family first before you try to tell us that you care about all of our children. And look at the failing public schools, what we're now calling government schools, because they are paid for by the government. Uh, Look at those schools and tell me you care about our children. Look about the test scores plummeting in this country. Look at all the 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 academic learning that was lost over covid. And I don't see any big push to try to make up that learning. You you tell us you care about our children. I, I don't know. This is I think it's kind of one of the worst times ever to be a child in in America. And, you know, you overlook inner city kids like like they don't even exist. I mean, the, the discrepancies between the inner city schools and the suburb schools is just the, the academic achievement gap is so wide. You tell me that you care about children. Go go fix that. Go fix that. I t- could not agree more. And right here in Indy, I mean, oh, it's unbelievable the difference in these mammoth public schools out here in Fishers and all these other places. And then you go downtown and God dang, uh, that's really well said. Uh, what do you got coming on? What, what What's going on on the podcast? Well, here's the big news. We've changed the title. It's no longer sideline sanity. Oh. It's, it's as boring as this. It's now the Michelle Tafoya podcast. <laughs> and we did that because uh, for a number of reasons, but we've rebranded the show. Yesterday, we had Riley Gaines on, the great Kentucky swimmer who is now out there fighting to save women's sports. She is such a great ambassador for this cause. She's incredible, and she's on the move constantly. We talked to her right after she came out from testifying in front of the Texas State House uh, about, you know, saving girls and women's sports. Uh, today, we have on a guy named Zuby. If you don't know who Zuby is, you owe it to yourself to check him out on Twitter at Zuby Music. This guy's one of the coolest thought leaders on the planet. He's uh, over in England, and he's coming to us today. Uh, we've got Bob Costas on this week, and Al Michaels on next week. So we're just doing a kind of a big reboot of the show. That's smart. 
That's smart because you know what? Your name resonates. So when they see your name, there's immediate interest. So that's, that's genius. I'm not surprised. Zuby is fantastic. He's a great follow. Yeah, he yeah. is a great follow. He is. He's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to live inside Thanks, his Michelle. head for a, for a day. Yeah, you got oh. it. Love to live inside no, your I, head for one I, day too, Dan. One day I'd like to just live Mike inside Tariq, your head. <laughs> when Tariko and I work together, his comment about inside my head is it's a sitcom. Just make a sitcom out of what's rolling around inside this feeble little brain. You know, that's a I'm great saying. idea. And that's why this is your sitcom oh. right here, right here. This is your show. <laughs> that's it. Thanks, Michelle. Oh, it's so yeah. true. Uh, the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Go right now. Subscribe. Get it done. Let's go. Be, I'm telling you, Zuby is great. And you know El Michaels, Bob Costas. Whether you agree with Bob Costas' politics or not, who cares? I mean, look, you don't have to agree with people's politics to have a great conversation. In fact, disagreeing with people's politics makes for a great conversation until whoever you do, you know, goes nuts on you or starts calling you an ist or an ick or something stupid like that. But we should all have the ability to agree and disagree and discuss. That's what we're supposed to be as people. That's where we're supposed to be as Americans, not just sit here and go, well, I agree with him. I don't agree with him, so he's an ist. He's an ick, transphobic. He's, a, he's dangerous. And I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. This is why Dylan Mulvaney and Brittany Griner both came out and said and used the words illegal, crime, because the transgender world has switched. Once transgender folks started committing the crimes, you don't hear anymore how it's dangerous to criticize transgender folks, how it is dangerous to them, how it is hate. Now you're hearing it's crime. There's a big switch, and that is intentional, I promise you. But anyway, all right, we're going to get into a number of things today. We've got a lot of show left. i got some top fives. Uh, I'm watching Steph Curry and LeBron James tonight, and I just saw this, Icon versus Icon. And that is so true. It is icon versus icon. Because, look, I didn't realize this. Did you realize Steph Curry was 35 years old? Did you realize that? I did not realize that. I had no idea that he was that old. And I started thinking about it. Well, of course he's that old. How the hell isn't he that old? He should be that old. He'd been around the league 100 years. The... uh, NFL continues its racist ways. Uh, The NFL just signed another black quarterback, this one who has not played in Jordan Love, to over $20 million. The racism never ends. And if you listen to idiots, uh, those idiots will tell you that uh, somehow, someway, paying African-Americans a lot of money to play quarterback is racist. The Super Bowl... Most watched telecast ever. Now I'll say that again. They had a black quarterback. They had a biracial quarterback. I didn't see a white, tall quarterback. I didn't see a tall, white girl. According to Bamani Jones and Dominic Foxworthy, it's not supposed to happen. I don't understand how ESPN tolerates the racism of Bamani Jones and Dominic Foxworthy. I don't understand it. ESPN not only tolerates it, but they promote it. And I'll never understand how a network that is trying so hard to be inclusive can be so racist. And every time you have Dominic Foxworthy or Bamani Jones on your network, you are promoting racism. The words that they said in that podcast are disgusting, 
horrendous, and incredibly racist. There is no excuse for ESPN to put up with Dominic Foxworthy and Bomani Jones. There's no excuse for HBO. They're not providing legitimate conversation. They are simply being racist against white people. They are making assumptions about white people. That's not a discussion. That is a race-baiting hate speech that Bomani Jones and Dominic Foxworthy did. And it should be, should be beneath ESPN to promote it. But they can't help themselves. Just like when they started saying, well, first three quarterbacks are black. Not one person gave a rat's, but ESPN just can't help themselves. Clay said it, and Clay is absolutely right. They just can't help themselves. There's nothing they can do about it. There's not a damn thing that they can do about it. They can't help themselves. They have to do it. They must do it. And that's just simply the way ESPN, HBO, and others are going to be. That's why people don't watch. People are watching sporting events, but people aren't watching Bomani Jones. People are turning off when Dominic Foxworthy comes on because we're tired of it. Uh, And it isn't a black-white thing. I'll watch Shaq, Kenny, and Charles all night long. But I won't watch Jalen and that idiot show on ESPN. Look, ESPN's pre-halftime and post-game show is known throughout ESPN as the worst show on television. And they've never been able to fix it. They have never, ever, ever been able to fix it. And the common thread is the bad teammate, the racist that is Jalen Rose. We don't need it in our lifetime. All right, we'll be right back. I've got a couple of top fives, and I've got some stock up and stock down that you, ladies and gentlemen, are going to want to hear. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. Uh, We didn't get to this yesterday. Usually on Monday, I give you my weekend stock up and stock down. What a great show we have had. The YouTube chat is absolutely pumping because, well, frankly, that's what they do. And that's how we roll. I don't know what else to tell you, but it is. So, all right, let's get right into it. I'm going to give a stock up, ladies and gentlemen, to Steph Curry. I I just am. You know what? Sometimes as we begin tonight's epic series of icon Steph Curry against icon LeBron James with street clothes Anthony Davis. We sometimes forget that Steph Curry is in the conversation of greatest of all time. We usually do. We forget that. We just kind of take him for granted, I think, and we shouldn't. This dude just dropped 50 in a playoff game seven First time that has ever happened. And I want you to think about this for just a second. First time that has ever happened in the NBA, in a game seven. Now, with all due respect, there's a lot of great basketball players in and around the NBA. A lot of great scorers over the years. A lot of iconic players like Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm talking about scorers now. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, hell, Alex English, George Gervin. I mean, dudes that back in the day, David Thompson used to go get 60 occasionally. And not one guy ever, not ever scored 50 in a game seven until 
Steph Curry came along. It's really unbelievable. He's 35 years old. You've never heard anything out of Steph Curry other than family and team and humble and willing to help. I think it's time we give him at least a little more accolades for everything around him. All right, stock up LeBron James. Now, LeBron James is one of those guys that's trying hard. He wants to be more than he wants to be, or more than an athlete, and that's great. And by all accounts, very good as an executive producer. His team, led by Maverick Carter, his guys, posse, whatever you want to call it, from his hometown, do a great job. He's had some missteps. The fake racial stuff on his walls uh, in L.A. was ridiculous. And he's made some stupid racial comments. But you know what? He's out here trying. He's out here taking a swing. Seems to love his kids and his wife. Although there is some speculation, as there always is going to be. But this dude, at his age, is ridiculous. And what he does on a nightly basis is absolutely absurd. And sometimes all we do is complain about LeBron James because, well, frankly, we get LeBron James stuffed down our throats every single day. It's called in the world of ESPN and others playing the hits. Used to be you had to talk about Brett Favre and LeBron James. Now you got to talk about Aaron Rodgers and LeBron James or else you don't have a show. Throw in a little bit of Mark Cuban, throw in Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and you've got six morning hours of ESPN television. That's just the way it works. We're enthralled. LeBron James, 38 years old, man, and he's still out here doing it. I feel like I've been, while I have, I've been watching LeBron James if he's 38 for 23 years. This is about 15 years old. He's done it under the world spotlight, and he's done it really, really well. Four titles for him, four titles for Curry. Look, if one of them gets one this year, that puts him above the other, in my opinion. Nobody ever thinks that. We always compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James, but it might be time to start comparing Steph Curry to LeBron James. That's how good Steph Curry is. Harvard softball, I talked about him yesterday. Don't at me, people. Don't at me when you got a sweep to get a chance at a title or to get a split and you do it and you do it 11 to 1 in the third game. Yeah, against Columbia and you catch a piece of the title. Stock up to the ladies of Harvard softball. I'm looking at this. I don't have my glasses, but it looks like third row on the right. That's my stepdaughter, Tegan Shaw, the best hands in softball, the best glove in softball. There is no better third baseman. Right in the middle, Trina Hong right there is a freaking monster. Shortstop, second base, left field, leadoff, steal bases. Absolutely incredible. And if my eyes will help me here, uh, I want to see the great Megan Welch. Uh, I think she is top row, third from the right. Player of the week, in the Ivy League last week. And think about it, Big Possum's walk late, baby. And Big Possum, uh, she showed up. She hit a home run the tie in game two and then a walk-off. Player of the week, championship weekend. That's right. So uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. We all head back to Princeton for the four-team double elimination Ivy League freaking softball championships where Harvard is going to try to get in the NCAA tournament for the second time 
in four years. That's right. I said it. I meant it. Can't wait. All you undrafted free agents signing with an NFL team, stock up. Many of you make it. Here's a tip. Don't go around on social media saying, hey, let's go to work, Indy, when you're an undrafted free agent. Here's what you do. Don't go all Tamar Bates, the kid who came to Indiana and walked into the weight room like he owned the joint. Don't do it. Don't. Come in humble. Come in forthright. Come in ready to work. We don't want to hear, I saw this yesterday, some unrestricted guy from Campbell saying, what's good, Jacksonville? Let's go to work. Well, Jacksonville has gone to work. Shut up and go to work, period. But congratulations. Like everybody else that goes to camp, you fulfilled a lifetime dream, and I am down for it. I got two words for Joel Embiid. Stock down and my backside. That's two, and then that's two. Joel Embiid, it's always something. Joel Embiid's hurt. Joel Embiid's sad. Joel Embiid this. Joel Embiid that. He's got a pinky toe. He's got a wrist. He's got a knee. He's got an ass. It's always something with Joel Embiid. So yesterday was the perfect example by Nicole, why Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, is the MVP, showed up at 36 and 16. There's Embiid wearing a saucy hoodie, yay rah, go fight with Embiid, and, quote, cheering wildly as his team, without him, beat the Boston Celtics in the Harden Garden, as my guy Kevin Custer said, and all he did was cheerlead. There are just some guys that are going to cheerlead. There are just some guys that are going to be on the sideline. There are just some guys who every stinking time you turn on the television and you watch a show, there's something going on with them, and it gives you a headache. Just a stone headache. That's all it gives me. I got a headache, Joel Embiid. Get out there and play. And all of you MVP voters, look, if you're a white guy in the modern world, you're going to be called racist anyway. Who cares what Kendrick Perkins calls you? Vote for Joel Embiid. Do it. Do it often. Get it done. And let's go. Period. That's it. That's it. Who cares whether you get called racist anymore? It don't matter. You take a dump. It's racist. White toilet paper, racist. Say the name Betty White, you're racist. Be thin, you're racist. Be fat, you're racist. Wear a white t-shirt, why isn't it black? Racist, who cares? Gonna call you it anyway, MVP voters. Vote for freaking Joel, or excuse me, vote for Nikolai Jokic. Joel Embiid gives me gas. Uh, The Met Gala, stock down, y'all look like idiots. I mean, that Shirley Thurton Thegan, Charlie Teagan, she came in a dress where you had to put, she had her minions carrying her dress. That's the liberal way. Look at these idiots. They all think they're beautiful. They're clowns, wearing clown suits. No bigger clown than Russell Westbrook. He showed up looking like an idiot. Uh, Brittany Griner and her husband showed up looking like idiots. It's ridiculous. What are you doing? Here's the deal. You get invited to the Met. It says, hey, look, dress up like an idiot. See that dress in the middle, that white one? There's the same girl had the same dress on. How embarrassing. You got to make calls before you go to the Met Gala. 
Uh, the only thing missing was that clown AOC wearing a $35,000 $35, dress that said tax the rich. All these people thinking they're beautiful. I don't see it. Look at the one on the far right. Yeah, she's showing a little side action, but look at that makeup. Who wants to come home to that? And I don't know what that is in the middle, right? I got nothing for you. The one on the left doesn't know why she's there. She can tell by her eyes she's a little insecure. Hey, look, I don't like any of you. Now, this thing gives me gas every year. And if you don't like what I'm saying, you think it's sexist? No, it's not. I am a Met Gala-ist. That's what I am. I'm a Met Gala-ist. I want to get invited and show up like this. Right here. With my QC Kinetic shirt, my white t-shirt, my shaved head, and my Chicago Cubs sweatpants. That's what those people deserve. Uh, James Harden's wardrobe. James Harden's wardrobe, I don't know why you got to do it. This is where I say the AAU culture has crept in. Used to be dudes showed up in suits. Michael Jordan was uh, was just spectacular. Scotty Pippen, guys showed up like it wasn't some freak show, like it wasn't some Met Gala. But here you go. There you go. And as I said earlier, look at these poor clowns on the right. Right there, worst job, right there, worst job, right there, that lady, worst job. There's no worse job than having to genuflect, whether it is about taking a picture or having to be there. Hey, go out and get some B-roll of James Harden walking in looking like an idiot. Bad job. Don't want it. Don't have it. Won't do it. Uh, Joe Biden, stock down. Why? Because he's Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden said, hey, we want to raise your kids. I don't want that perv anywhere around my kids. I've seen enough video and read enough diaries of him and little girls. I got a young lady. I got a daughter. I don't want him anywhere near my daughter. I don't want him anywhere near my son. I I would turn down first time in my lifetime an offer to go to the White House because I don't want to be in that guy's aura. Go look at the video of the Air Force Academy visiting this clown. Look at the looks on their faces. They're like, man, this dude is just creepy. How you doing, Danny? I want to raise your daughter. Now, apparently, allegedly, uh, there's a text out there somewhere about you doing weird things, and I don't want to be involved in it. I want no involvement with Joe Biden at all. Uh, Hunter Biden, look, if you're going to do the crime, do the time. If you're going to do the stupid then pay for the stupid. Hunter Biden's in court today. This is why it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful that the New York Post exists. The New York Post is the only entity that actually tries to tell you the truth on these clowns. Well, you would listen to the New York Post, Dalkage. Well, you should too. No, seriously, you should too. You should listen to the New York Post. You should follow the New York Post because the New York Post is going to shoot you straight. Emma Jo Morris comes on this show, shoots you straight. There's the little girl. There's the Cretan on the right. And there's the woman that decided it was a good move to have unprotected sex with Hunter Biden. I'm not sure they would, there could be a worse person to have unprotected sex with, non-prostitution division, uh, than Hunter Biden. I mean, I've seen pictures of him in bathtubs, passed out, the drug use, the guns, the stuff, and you're going to stoop that guy with unprotected sex? That don't seem right to me. That don't seem right to me. So Hunter Biden says he can't afford 
the payments. Well, what a freaking guy. What a guy. What a guy. What a great guy. Isn't it amazing that the smartest man Joe Biden knows is this Jack? How about them apples? It's amazing. That's the smartest guy you know passed out in a bathroom? That's the smartest guy you know knocking up everything in its wake? I don't think so. I don't think so. But what do I know? Not one, not two, not three, not four, five best NBA current players. I've heard a lot of debate on this. Heard a lot of debate on this, and I got to tell you, the hardest NBA player to guard is Giannis from free throw line in. The hardest NBA player to guard outside is that guy. He's the number one player in the NBA right now. Number one on my top five list is Steph Curry. Steph Curry has been doing this for a long time. Steph Curry will get you 30, 50, 40, whatever. All the while, he will lead his team. All the while, he will get eight rebounds. All the while, six to ten assists, couple steals. Guys that have played against him say he's a lot better defensively than he lets on. You know, the idiots on ESPN today said they didn't understand why they posted up Marcus Smart against James Harden. Well, the reason they did it last second last night was because James Harden usually doesn't try on defense. Well, guess what? Steph Curry does. And Steph Curry is the best basketball player in the NBA and the best basketball player on planet Earth. Second best is the guy he's going up against, LeBron James. LeBron James still to this day at 38 years old, Goes through people, goes over people, occasionally makes enough threes, dominates the game with vision, with passing, gets in a stance, guards the best player late in the game, basically has willed his team through his aging leadership to a conference, well, uh, excuse me, to a first round win over a team that really was jacked to beat him, that had a big mouth, that had supposed superstars. But see LeBron James, that's an adult male. See John Morant, that's an adult male child. There's a big difference. See Dylan Brooks, that's a bully fraud. That is an adult. And if Anthony Davis is smart, and I do think Anthony Davis is, Anthony Davis will beg, plead, borrow, whatever, and hope LeBron James never retires because Anthony Davis can change the entire narrative on his career by simply hanging on LeBron James's coattails. Number three, and it ain't close, Nikolai Jokic. Look, Giannis loses in the first round to bad players. Not bad players, but an eighth seed. Nikolai Jokic shows up every day. He is the MVP. The Nuggets are up two to zip against a now ailing Phoenix Suns team. But this guy just simply does it all. He dominates by bringing the ball down the floor. He dominates by playing point center. He dominates by playing center. He dominates by playing pick and roll. Same kind of thing. Uh, He is a leader. There's nothing about Joel Embiid or Giannis that says leader. So I'm putting him third. Number four, Giannis. Giannis should be number one. He's the greatest force in basketball. When he gets downhill, as the kids say, he is unstoppable. His best offense is a missed shot. He has been good enough to lead his team to a championship, but I don't see it, or I didn't see it this year. And look, 
when Dockich is going to give platitudes, they're going to come at a price. They're going to come fast. And if you screw it up, we're not going to worry about you. We're going to move on to the next thing. And we've moved on. You are now fourth, Giannis. And fifth is Embiid. You're racist. Yeah, sure, I'm racist. Pull this. It plays jingle bells. Blah, 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 blah. But if you're not going to play, if you're going to walk around and act like you're jumping around on the bench, but you still can't play, I got nothing for you. It's the playoffs. We saw the great Gerald Henderson play with a neck brace. We saw Isaiah Thomas play with an ankle the size of my size eight head. This guy can't play? Well, he can't play because he never plays. He's always got something. I've said it three times now on this show. There is always something with this guy. Yeah, he's a really good player. Big deal. A lot of guys are really good players. All right, he's a really good player. Yeah, but you don't know. No, I understand. I totally understand. I get it. He's great. He's fantastic. Yay, rock. Go fight, win. But the fact of the matter is, stock down. No, no, you're number five. Speaking of stock down, Budweiser. Budweiser sales dropped, listen to this, for the week of April 22nd. They were down 26.1%. 26.1% this past week. Yeah, hire Dylan Mulvaney, you frauds. Stick it down our throats that women don't matter. Yeah, show us a guy with a crank dressed as a woman. Uh, no. No. The boycott needs to continue. The boycott shall not stop. I've put a uh, piece of tape on my Nike swoosh here. I love the shirt, but I'm not promoting Nike. Yeah, don't stop. And don't stop at Bud Light. Boycott all these jackasses that are currently making fun of women. Don't need them. All right. Woke me, dope me, big boy. What do we got? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm telling you, five weeks, trans shooter attacked Christian school in Nashville. FBI won't show us the manifesto, and I don't understand it. I would bet you anything, anything, that that manifesto includes transgender more murders. I would bet you anything, and I would bet you that Biden and his minions would look so stupid because of how they have bent over backwards to make sure that the transgender world is publicized, protected, and in most, well, absolutely protected. Hell, nobody cared about the families at the Christian school. All that idiot, and I'll get her name here, Karine Jean-Pierre cared about was making sure the LGBTQ whatever community is protected. No, they just went out and shot six people. And this isn't the only manifesto. Uh, Police, what was it, in Colorado, stopped another transgender person from doing the same thing. And that idiot had a manifesto as well. And this is why I'm telling you. I'm telling you that the reason you've seen Dylan Mulvaney and Brittany Griner use the word criminal, crime, illegal when describing misgendering or describing not letting women play men, or excuse me, not letting men play in women's sports is because their narrative had to change after the shooting. They could not use violence anymore against transgender. 
They always use violence. If you didn't agree with the transgender way or you thought it was mental health issues, then you were, quote, inciting violence against the transgender community. Well, what happened was the transgender community became the violent as evidenced by the shooting in Nashville, as evidenced by others planning shootings. So the transgender community sent the memo out. No longer can we discuss, don't use the word violence, use crime, criminal, illegal. That's why you saw Mulvaney and that's why you saw Griner make and take the ridiculous takes of, if you misgender me, it should be illegal. My ass, you got to crank, you're a dude. And boys should not be allowed to play girls' sports. Boys, I can't even believe I got to say this, should play boys' sports. Girls, I can't believe I even got to say this, should play girls' sports. What a concept. What else you got, Dylan? Ryan? Take a look at the minimum ages for transitioning from North Carolina's leading hospital. Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. Four years old at East Carolina you held. North Carolina's going to let you do it at three And Duke's going to let you transition at two years old. That's unbelievable. That's sick. That can't be real. That is sickening. You're not even allowing somebody to make their own decisions when you have a two or three-year-old. That's just sick parenting. That's child abuse. The parents, any parent that does this, should be thrown in jail. And whoever put this as a rule or law in the hospitals should be thrown in jail as well. Unfreaking believable. If this, it's got to be true. Unbelievable if this is true, that these parents, any parent would allow a two-year-old. It's sick, it's disgusting, it's child abuse, and I hope, I hope that more states like Florida, DeSantis just passed, basically if you're a child abuser, you're eligible for the death penalty. I hope states include parents in this. If you're so sick and twisted that your son comes out as a boy and you at two years, three years, or four years old decide they're going to transition to a girl, that is child abuse, period. There is nothing funny about it. There is nothing cute about it. There is nothing socially acceptable about it. It is simply child abuse. And it is disgusting. And the folks that participate in it, including the doctors, should have to answer for it, period. Period. There is no yeah, but. There is no, well, here's the, no. There is no, well, the Bible says there's none of it. It's demonic. You're exactly right, Otter Creek. It's demonic. It's disgusting. It is simply abuse. Uh, Dan, you don't have the right to the manifesto. Why is your argument that you have the right? I didn't say I had the right. I said it should be released. Never say anything about rights. I said if there's something that is going to jeopardize the public safety in our country, it should be released. And apparently, by all accounts, this manifesto needs to be released. I'm not a right. Everything isn't a right. But I think it should be released. It's an opinion. So JPP, if you don't understand the JPG, I'm just telling you, a little bit of transparency goes a long way in the world that we live in. You know what I mean? No manifesto should ever be public. Well, that's your thought. That's your opinion, and I respect it. But my thought, in my opinion, is it absolutely should, particularly when six people are dead, particularly when there's a school shooting, particularly when we are at jeopardy of having more. That's just my opinion. If you disagree with that, then good for you. But that becomes my opinion. 
right, wrong, happy, sad, angry, or glad. If people were smart, they would boycott Jean Pierre. Uh, I don't understand why, because she checks boxes as an African-American, a woman, a lesbian, a bisexual, a trisexual, whatever she is, I don't understand who you have sex with protects you from the freaking media and the scrutiny of just simply telling the truth. It's amazing to me. We're gonna be back at it tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks to everybody that joined our show. Do me a favor, subscribe, like us, do all the good things that you're supposed to do here. We'll be back at it manana.